Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Crunchies, so many dudes. Every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is... Couldn't Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. Hi. Hi, honey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm happy to see you. Fabulous to see you. As always, podcasting it up on a Saturday morning. We're just dedicated. Where would we rather be? Nowhere. Nowhere. I, what were you this, who were you this week? Thank you for asking. Oh my God. I think, I'm a, I think I'm a combo. Okay. I think I'm a famous combo. Um, in the first episode, I you you said that I, I thought I was a combo, and then you were like, actually, you're just one or the other. Ooh. And I thought that was really interesting, so I'm going to maybe listen to yours with the same I lens. hope you maybe listen to mine. Let's see. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> Fire away. Okay, well, okay, so I'm a little bit of a carry in one way and a little bit of a Samantha in the other way. And let me tell you why. So I'm seeing someone new who I like and I'm generally not like, uh, and, I, and I'm not this way now, but I was, I haven't seen him for a while because he's been in New York. Oh, right. Yeah. He just got back and we're going to hang out Monday. But uh, while he was gone, I kind of was like thinking about him. So I went on Instagram. I don't follow him and I don't watch any of his things. So he doesn't know that I go on his Instagram. I hope he doesn't listen. Oh my God, you are a sleuth. <laughs> Totally like basically a sleuth. Yeah. But I did something that I've heard other girls do that I've never done before. And I, I opened Pandora's box and immediately closed it because I was like, this is a bad path. Okay. But I looked to see who he followed. Sure. And it was like mostly cool people. And then I was like, who is this hot woman in a bikini? Mm-hmm. And it was just like some hot model who's like mostly in bikinis. <laughs> You're like, oh, who's this hot woman in a bikini? It's a hot woman in a bikini. Yeah. And I... I, for two seconds, started panicking, and then I was like, you know what, Rose? This is a bad place, and I'm not going there, and I just got off of it. Can I ask you a quick question? Was it, uh, is it like an Instagram model, or maybe someone with not a lot of followers, but a lot of skin showing? I didn't even... Oh, wow. Okay. It was just somebody being like, Rose, you don't need to know like all the hot girls he follows. Okay, sure, it doesn't sure, mean sure. anything about him. It doesn't mean anything about you. We all follow hot people on Instagram. I just kind of was like, so that kind of reminded me of Carrie, because I was like... Uh, I'm kind of getting a little, I don't like this. I, I don't know. It wasn't like confident Samantha or like, it just mm. felt a little carryish. 
But then I did something with him that did feel kind of confident. Okay, I was like, where's the blend? I need to hear. So here's the blend is that while he was in New York, Mm -hmm. I just decided, like, I'm not going to play games. If I want to talk to him or reach out, I will. So I just, like, when I felt like reaching out, I reached out. And I would, like, text him and be like, how's it going? And we got into some, like, really cute conversations. He called me from New York. (gasps) Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And it was like really sweet and made me feel really good. And I just kind of feel like I wasn't playing by the rules of like, I have to wait until he texts or he's in New York. So I can't. I was like, you know what? If I want to talk to him, I'll talk to him. And I'm really glad that I did. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy about that. And you know what? I'll say you were a blend. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe she thinks she's a blend and she's just one or the other, but she's a blend. Girl. Oh my God. She's a straight up mixed cocktail of happiness and emotions. Girl. It's like really nice when you think you're a blend and then your bestie tells you that you are Are a blend. blend. Oh my God. It's yeah. Blend confirmation is what we call that here. Most importantly is who are you this week? Oh my God. Well, Mama's a little hungover. I noticed, but okay. I don't want to say. No, please. Uh, yeah, I rolled in with my ponytail exactly in the place it was when I woke up, which was like kind of to the right and down and very messy. <laughs> Lots of pieces hanging out and not in like a cool intentional way, just full on messy. And yeah, I um, had some vodka Red Bull last night, sugar free, of course, because I'm very health conscious. If you guys know Jamie, the fact that you drank last night, my jaw is to the floor. I know. Where were you? Pick it up. Pick up the jaw. Will not pick it up. No, lift it. It's weird. (laughs) You're drooling. I can't move it. I no. I had a show that was supposed to start at eleven fifteen, got pushed to midnight. What? A friend of mine from work was also on it, and then another friend from our writing staff came, and so we were. It was just very like you know we're just hanging out, and I ended up. I just don't drink a lot, so it's really hitting me today. I only had like one and a half sugar-free vodka Red Bulls. And yeah, I just, I feel very like (laughs) sad and strained and (laughs) on edge and salty and raw and exposed. I'm just a raw exposed nerve. Um, You look like a little newborn today. Oh yes. I, yeah. (laughs) You look so gentle. (laughs) A trashy, exhausted newborn. But um, I think to answer the queue. I am probably a Miranda and a very specific Miranda. Do you remember mm. later episode? I know we haven't gotten there yet on the pod, but when she had that eye surgery, I think she got LASIK. I don't remember. And she had these like goggles on <laughs> and she's kind of like stumbling around her apartment and like crashing into things. But then also Miranda goes to the gym, pro- arguably the most out of anyone on the show. Like Charlotte does like running in the park, but Miranda actually like takes classes and like experiments with fitness. And I also have been doing that this week so it's this weird juxtaposition of like you know just (laughs) drunk Jamie mixed with like hitting a certain amount of calories like every day at the gym like I wear a heart rate monitor now Dude, that, like, I think it's so to an app. fucking cool. I am, I am just like, I am dark and light. I am <laughs> black and white. I am, a, I am a, a mix of got it together and falling apart. But you know what? Okay, I have to address two things. Number one, mm. I'm very impressed that you are performing comedy at midnight. On a Friday night. That's insanely impressive. Thank you for saying that. I didn't really even flag that, but you're right. That's really badass. Yeah, especially because I have a day job. I'm like, oh, yeah, I stayed up for that. And I woke up really early to go to the gym. By midnight, I'm in REM. Yeah, every night. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. At about eight o'clock, I'm like, you time to wind down. REM, shiny, happy people in your bed with the duvet up to your neck. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, -na 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 -na. how does that song go? Uh, honey, happy people. <laughs> shiny, happy I like REM, do you? Yeah. He's sexy. He, oh, is he? I mean, is he not? I don't know. I kind of love that you just made that declaration. I was like, yeah, let's let's say let's stand by that. Let's say that he is. He's so weird. And he moves his body. He kind of has that like David Byrne talking heads thing where he's just like experiments with movement and doesn't care if he looks cool, which is like kind which of a joy cool. to watch. Which is cool. Okay. Confidence is cool, guys. Um, James, maybe yeah. kick into the ep. Okay, I'm gonna kick it right in its tush sure okay it's season one episode seven it's called the monogamous take it away jamie okay this EpiPen starts with Carrie and Big walking through the city, cuddling and canoodling. At one point, they make out in the middle of the street, which is supposed to be sexy, but they kiss like aliens pretending to be humans, so I was dry as a des. The point is, Carrie is officially smitten with Big. Homegirl is deep in the smit. In the next scene, Carrie's at her apartment when Miranda calls to tease her that she's been totally dickmatized by Big and has disappeared from the friend group. Carrie apologizes for being so unavailable and makes a plan to have dinner with the gals to catch up. At dinner, everyone quickly brings Carrie up to speed. Samantha is looking for a new apartment. Miranda just closed a big case. And Charlotte is seeing a new guy named Michael Conway, who, alert the presses, might be the one. Although Michael Conway seems perfect, there's only one teensy-weensy wiener of a problem. We cut to Charlotte and Michael making out while his golden retriever hornily watches them. But surprisingly, that's not the problem. The problem is that suddenly during the makeout, Michael presses Charlotte's head down to encourage a blowjob. But Charlotte keeps popping her head back up. The truth is, I hate doing it. Honey, you can't be serious. Are you telling us you never perform this act? She'll juggle, she'll spin plates, but she won't give head. I don't like putting it in my mouth. I have a very sensitive gag reflex, and it makes me want to puke. That's one way to say no. But it's not like I haven't tried. I practiced on a banana. I pretended it was a popsicle, but I just don't like it. Personally, I'm loving it up to the point where the guy wants me to swallow. Well, that's just us, really, a judgment call. Some men just take it so personally if you don't. Some guys don't give you a choice. Well, that's just bad behavior. Are you honestly telling me you like it? Well, it's not my favorite thing on the menu, but, you know, I'll order it from time to time, and... With the right guy, can be nice. Okay, so <laughs> I just had when when Miranda says uh, I'm I'm cool with it until he asks me to swallow it. It just reminded me of um, I I don't this is I can't believe I'm admitting this. Oh but my god! I think it's funny, and I have a feeling the guy doesn't. But I think it's funny to after the guy finishes in your mouth to just go. Oh! <laughs> and run to the bathroom, which I do every single time because I'm like, I can't not lean into the fact that I'm a, I can't be like, oh, give me one second, I'm just gonna sexually slide out to the bathroom. I'm like, no, we just have to lean into the fact that like this is in my mouth and it tastes like butter and chlorine. Wait, the, mm, <laughs> I really do it. Funny. I pop up and I go, mm. wait, Jimmy, that's hilarious. In high school, my boyfriend Trent, he thought it was really funny. <laughs> What think it's I hilarious. Okay, thank you. I didn't swallow cum until like very recently. Oh. I used to always spit it out. Yeah. And now I don't care and I just swallow it. Tell me. I don't know why. I How was, do you, can I ask logistically, yeah. because I feel like. It's not, I mean, if so, it's not like somebody's dumping like pounds in there. It's okay, well, like, <laughs> also, here's the thing though. It kind of, we're really getting into the weeds here. Yeah. It does mix 
with saliva and then it's like there's even more liquid in your mouth and I think that's what makes it more of like a guzzle than just like a light swallow it's only been a light swallow I've never been like <laughs> chugging I've never been like you've never done a keg stand I've on a dick a, and I, I'm shot like, it I, into your throat I feel like you've been with some very virile like very, like high production men or something I'm gonna say that the, yeah I get why they call it a load sometimes it's a load sometimes like, it's a large load oh my god oh my god I wanna die Saturday morning <laughs> here we are we showed up we're talking about cum I'm worried that considering you're really hungover and talking about this I hope you don't like if you're gonna spew spew on this <laughs> Yeah, I used to think it was disgusting to swallow. And then I saw this guy last last year who was really sweet and cute and I liked him. And so I just didn't mind doing it. And now I just kind of don't mind. I kind of like that. It's like just that's just the new rule. New rule. But also my I wouldn't impression. do it if it was like if I, it really disgusted me, I wouldn't do it. But it disgust, it disgusted me for for like a long time. I also understand it because it's like once you're to that point, it's in your mouth. Like it's in your mouth. So it's like it either goes down the hatch or it goes to the sink. Like either way, you're still tasting. You're still doing like, you know, the wine swirl <laughs> in your mouth. Notes of, hmm, notes of butter and chlorine. Also, I kind of do this thing where I like plug my nose and just swallow it. Oh. So like I'm trying not to even know it's what like it is. like getting medicine like. down. Yeah. I kind of try and. A spoonful <laughs> of sugar. Yeah. It's like medicine. Okay. That's why my hair's so silky. Oh my God. It's working for you. Vital proteins, oh. but cheaper. So girl, what do you think about Charlotte's deal in this where she's like, I just don't do it and I don't like it. What's your take on that? Well, I do think that there's an element of like, I understand being like, these are the things that I enjoy in the bedroom more. This is my comfort zone. But I do think with the right person, you kind of open yourself up more just because you feel safe. So it makes me think that Charlotte has not had that sort of uh, feeling of security because to isolate one incident, like I don't do that. Granted, I've never like done butt stuff. We've talked yeah, about this. However, who knows? Right. I mean, maybe if, like, I don't know. Maybe I could be convinced. Convinced. Yeah. So wh I don't know. Where do you stand? <laughs> Charlotte's an interesting character because I think part of her choices sexually, like she says she doesn't like it because it. She has a sensitive gag reflex. And I understand that, too. I do. I do, too. And also, depending on your partner, like people, some people are harder to give blowjobs to than others, the bigger they are. And that can be uncomfortable. But there's ways to do it with your hands so that you're not like really doing it. Yeah, you're kind of just like kissing the tip and then like giving Using a hand your hand. job. Yeah. Yes, that's the classic go to. But right. part of me feels like I understand that sometimes blowjobs can be physically hard on the neck or the throat. But I do think that part of Charlotte's idea of sex is this like blind sort of attachment to being a good girl, which mm -hmm. to me feels a little oppressive because it doesn't feel like it's coming from a natural place. It kind of feels like she thinks she has to be something to be wifed up. And that's kind of depressing to me. It doesn't feel like she's just like, it, I think there's part of it is that she's like, oh, I just don't really like blowjobs. And then that, I think there's just another part in her head where she just thinks like that's just not a what good girls woman do. Doesn't give blowjobs. It's kind of weird. I kind of think she thinks that. Yeah, I think she. That's really interesting. I love that assessment. Yeah, I think that's true. And I just feel like Charlotte. 
yeah, I feel like her hard rules, it's like to what end? And I don't know. And then we get into Samantha being like, it's so empowering. And I was like, are blowjobs empowering? No. <laughs> I never feel like, oh my God, like put, put on the shoulder pads and, you know, get look in the at, game. Yeah, look at me, CEO, with a dick in my mouth. Like, it's not empowering. It's never empowering. Even just the, the thing of like the physicality of like, you're either like, you're always on your knees. Like even if you're like off to the side of the guy and he's laying down or you're like physically like on the floor on your knees, like it is always like you like looking up and being like, love me. Like there's always this undercurrent of sadness to a blowjob, even when it's like hot. I don't know. So I I don't um, think it's empowering. I don't either. And I thought it was really interesting to hear that. And also then Miranda's like, I only give head to get head. And I was like, I don't, I was like that to me, when I heard that, it rem- I'm sorry to bring up Trent twice in an episode, but I remember when we were like, we were in like high school, early high school, and we would literally, we, this is before we ever had sex, we would take turns, like truly, we. this is so disgusting. It's so cute, actually, and so innocent. <sighs> well, we went to my grandmother's house in New Jersey, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why Getting my parents hotter. were like, yeah, Jamie and her teenage boyfriend, they can travel together and like stay in a house, whatever. Every night we we stayed in separate bedrooms and then we would like go to each other's bedrooms, so obviously. Cute. But like we would truly take turns, like his night, my night, his night, my night of wow. like trading off foreplay. Interesting. Yeah. And it's just to me when I hear those things of like trading, when we speak about sex in terms of trading favors or like keeping it even, it remind it feels very juvenile to me. It takes me back to that place of like you know, like, ooh, I did it last night, so now you have to do it now. Like, it truly is, like, returning favors, and I just think sex, you shouldn't be, it should be more fluid, and it should be more, like, mutual enjoyment versus, like, well, I performed on you, now it's your turn. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's absolutely right. I've done, um... I've talked about this before in other episodes, but like I uh, was a sex writer for many years for like Cosmo and Vice and New York Magazine and all this stuff. And I took a, Such I went a to, badass. Thanks. It was really fun, actually. It really so cool. changed my life because I went to so many intimacy workshops and sex workshops that were wonderful. And I would still go to those today just for fun. They're so educational. But exactly what you said is what these experts would say all the time. They're like, sex should not be transactional. You should not. It should not be tit for tat. You're not keeping score. The best sex is literally doing what feels good in the moment. Like if you feel like doing something to your partner, do it. If you feel like receiving, receive. Don't do things with a scorecard, which is exactly what you just said. It's good improv. Sex is good improv. You yes and. Yeah. Yeah. You yes and. You feel it out. You're not scripted. You're not thinking of like, oh, this is how it's going to go tonight. You just kind of feel it out and yeah, keep it organic. Yeah. And actually Dan Savage talks about like good giving and game as like the three G's to be a good lover and like giving meaning like sometimes you can give your partner a massage or oral sex and just give it and you don't need to like sometimes it's not about you. Yeah. And I do think that it. Yeah. I also. I, yeah. I'm agree. Yes. In agreement. So now that they're talking about blowjobs, do you have any thoughts on blowjobs? Yeah. Um you know, honestly, when I was watching Charlotte, there was a piece of me that was like, oh, I, I kind of feel the way she feels, but I just never want to get to a place in sex in general where I'm like, these are the things, These this is on the menu, this is off the menu. This is what I do, this is what I don't do. It actually feels slightly prostitutional because like literally prostitutes have menus where That's like, true. they're like, uh, this is what I charge for this, this is what I charge for this. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I just want to not, I just don't, yeah, again, I don't, I, I, I think that you're limiting yourself and also, it makes me think that 
you know, if this relationship were happening in real life, it's like, do you like this guy? Yes, exactly. It feels like something much bigger is brewing here than just having his penis in your mouth, which, you know. Jamie, in your next life, you should be like a therapist. You're, you have very good analyses. Do I? Yeah, because I think you're absolutely right. Because the, the truth is, like, for me, it's not do I like giving blowjobs or do I not like giving blowjobs. It's, it's like, like, do I like them or not like them? How crazy am I about this guy? Yeah. Yeah. When you like somebody, you want to do nice things for them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, like, I feel like blowjobs and handjobs, I've definitely. Handjobs are easier, way easier. Oh, see, I think handjobs are so difficult. You do? Yeah, I would lotion? much rather, blo- I'd much rather <gasps> blow than lotion up. Oh my God. Give me a because hand here's... and a dick and let me use really? my mouth for breathing in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why every handjob I've ever, well, I just remember like the first time I gave the handjob, maybe not the very first time, oh but like God. around one like? of the first times. Well, I didn't know about lube. Neither did I. I thought that the shaft like literally moving up and down was was the hand job. That's like, not, not the well, hand job, is it? It's more, Uh-oh, have I, I thought, been doing it wrong? No, no. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> You're hilarious. Like, That's wrong. You're like, you use sandpaper, right? I'm like, no, Rose. Um, <laughs> you cause a lot of friction, right? And tension it's and you squeeze it and you yell at it. make it smooth. <laughs> Can you put it in a molehete and ground it up like cornmeal? Wait, molehete. <laughs> she might be hungover, but she's still fucking funny. Wait, but for real though? Okay. Wait, let me, molehete? You I got I gotta bring asshole. it. Okay, I don't know. I'm cra- craving guacamole. That's table side right now. But um, okay. I just I no one can see what I'm doing. Thank God. <laughs> Thank fucking God. But I thought it was like you move the skin up and down, and that was like the skin was the lube. Does I that still make don't sense? Think it's, Skylar, that's not not right, is it? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Putting him on the spot. I. You I, need lotion. Uh, yeah, you need you need something. something. Sometimes need, guys say you don't need lotion. I love how I keep saying lotion like there's no other lube. I'm oh, like I, it has to be a vino. I love lotion too. I yeah. prefer lotion. To it, lube. Does, it smells better. But agree, there needs to be a friction breaker. I feel like guys don't jerk off with nothing. Sometimes they do nothing, no. right? Oh, unless maybe if they have foreskin. Yeah, it's, it's probably a circumcision. A circumcision, because like, a circumcision is lube. It's foreskin is lube. But Put it on a T-shirt. Probably much harder. If you're circumcised, you need a some type of. Yeah. This turned into the okay, Howard Stern show. I just need to understand. So if you, okay, yeah, it has. Okay, <laughs> which but, I'm totally into. Wait, okay, yeah, me too, fully, except for the sexism. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little thing. Um, but yeah, I. Oh, so wait, wait where were we? T- okay, so yeah, I just basically thought that I didn't know about lube, and I just remember the guy kind of sweeping in and being like, "Here, let me," and I was like, "Oh no!" But with blowjobs, it's like. Oh, I'm just like simulating a vagina with my mouth. I think hi, that hi, hi. I see what you're saying. Also, okay. you and I literally had the same first hand job. <gasps> I basically gave this guy an Indian burn with my hand and mm-hmm. he was like, I think we're good now. I'm like, but you didn't come. He's like, I never will with what you're doing. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so real. Yeah, it is. I think that hand jobs now that I know how to do them, I just think are easier because I think like Charlotte, I do have a sensitive gag reflex. And if a guy is you know, healthy down there. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have given, I feel like, oh, what I was going to say initially was that I feel like hand jobs and blow jobs. I've had moments where I'm like, I don't really want to do that much with this person. And I've done them out of guilt mm-hmm. of just like, well, I couldn't possibly send them home with blue balls. So I'll just, you know, throw in a hand DJ and <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I feel like we could sit I in that moment like, for a really long yeah, time. I feel like we have so many more. Wait, this is going to come back around on <laughs> yes, the pod. It does. This is all. This is part one of many conversations. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Okay. After a fun dinner, the core four head out when Carrie notices Big at the restaurant. At first, she's excited to see him until she sees that his dinner date is a hot brunette in a red strappy dress named Julia. Oh, nightmare. It's also important to note that Carrie is looking gorgeous in this scene. Sexy blue dress, curls popping, peak Sarah Jessica Parker hotness. Damn, I digress. Carrie asks Big if she can talk to him and pulls him aside. Carrie asks what's going on, and Big admits that he's on a date. Carrie is visibly bummed, and Big is visibly an asshole. Sure, technically they didn't discuss monogamy, but when you're making out on the streets like a couple of love-struck aliens, you should know it's exclusive. While Carrie is desperate for monogamy, Samantha's eyes are a-wandering. While looking for apartments, Samantha's realtor Pamela begs her not to see other real estate agents. Cut to, obviously, the next scene where Samantha's fucking her other realtor, a super hot British guy. Oh, Sam. While Samantha is living out her real estate porn fantasy, Carrie goes out to lunch with her best gay, Stanford Blatch. Interesting that a gay man created this show and the only main gay character is so dorky and unappealing. Self-hating much? Anyway, Carrie, again, looks stunning in a yellow dress and this insane curly ponytail that's like a Jewish version of Ariana Grande. Me likey mucho. Over lunch, Stanford and Carrie discuss monogamy. Stanford says that commitment is out and playing the field is in. While they debate this topic, a very young and very 90s Justin Thoreau, a.k.a. best-selling author Jared, pops by to say hi to Stanford. Stanford introduces Jared to Carrie, and then Jared invites them both to New York Magazine's 30 coolest people in New York under 30 party. Later, Big calls Carrie to confirm their Saturday night plans. Before they get off the phone, Big says, I miss you, baby, which who even knows what that means coming from that game playing goon. That evening, Carrie and Miranda grab dinner al fresco to analyze the hell out of Big when Skipper and his new girlfriend walk by. Even though Miranda fully broke up with Skipper, seeing him with another woman ruffles her feathers. Later that night, Skipper is in the middle of having sex with his girlfriend when Miranda calls to see if he wants to hang out. Skipper not only only answers the phone mid-coitus, but then he breaks up with his girlfriend, prompting the most epic line of any TV show in her story. You're breaking up with me while you're still inside me? Ah! Okay, in Charlotte's world, things are moving along swimmingly when Michael asks if she wants to be exclusive. Aw, traditional white heterosexual wasp romance. How quaint. Carrie is on a date with Big at a fabulous apartment party when Big is approached by a super hot woman named Melissa. Melissa greets Big by kissing him on the mouth and then asking when she can swing by his place to pick up her password, which is so fucking funny. Bravo, writer's room for you making me LOL. It's clear from the way women interact with Big that he is a major player. After the Melissa passport snafu, Big introduces Carrie to his friend Max by saying, I want to introduce you to someone very special. Max responds, Julia? Which sends Carrie into a totally understandable tizzy. 
got to be kidding. How many women are you dating? In the tri-state area? Well, let's see. There's me, um, Julia. Oh, and let's not forget international Melissa. Okay. I'm not doing this here. Fine. Can we just enjoy the party? I don't know. Oh, come on. What do you want from me? What do I want from you? Nothing. I don't want anything from you. I have to go, I'm sorry. I felt like a fool. I had gone so far out on a limb with my feelings that I didn't realize I was standing out there alone. Chills how good her acting is. Oh my God, this scene is, once again, it's just so real. I was watching this with my hand over my mouth, just like trying to cover my gasping. I it does feel so real. It is so real. Also, I would like to flag the phrase, what do you want from me? Because I do think it's like saying, I'm not going to try to be better or correct my behavior. It's a little like, what you see is what you get. And it's just very dismissive of someone being like, you hurt my feelings. And yeah, I, I feel like... Um, yeah, I just don't. It's like it's like saying like, "What? I'm a good person." You're just like, "But good people don't have to say they're a good person. Like you should just say like, just hear me out or or don't say that at all." Like, you know what? I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Am I, I being clear? I just feel yes, like you it's are. such a it's such a trump card to play and it's so it's just so it's so demeaning of what the other person is going through. It's like saying like, "I'm enough. You have to deal with me. This is who I am." Yeah, I agree. I mean, cuz the truth is if you hurt someone's feelings, or if you're in a relationship, friendship, romance, it could be anything. Yeah. If someone's upset, um, saying in a very defensive way, what do you want from me, is like such a weird reaction instead of, hey, how what are you feeling? How, how about what do you need? Yeah, of course. Like, what? It, like, tell me what you need. Yeah, I think you're right that the translation of what do you want from me means I'm fine, what's your problem? Yeah. Or like, like I, I'm, I am a completed unchanging entity and you there's nothing that you can say or do to like penetrate this like I am a, I am you know a solidified thing and I am not you're willing the, to it means bend you're crazy what it means is. yeah and once again it's just classic big gaslighting um, I also just think the scene as you mentioned before it's like this is why the show is good for so many reasons, but this is such a perfect reason that this show blew up and it has made such an impact on people is because we've all been there. Like we've all, men and women, gay and straight, you've all, everyone has been dating somebody and you didn't have the talk yet and you think it's exclusive and then you find out that it wasn't and you're like, oh shit. I mean, I guess we technically didn't have the talk. It's yeah. like everyone has been on a different page with someone at one time in their life where like you think it's one thing and it actually is something else. That's such a horrible feeling. Yeah, and I think that I think the reason it's such a bummer, it's it's yes, of course, seeing big on a date that's crushing and all this stuff. I think it's more that he's surprised at her feelings. That's the part that is so devastating that he's just kind of like, what? I mean, come on, come on, Carrie. What? Yeah, it's like you could at least be like, okay, well, yeah, I can see how this would be hurtful because maybe we hadn't gotten on the same page, and now's a great opportunity for us to have that talk. Because I think that's where her pain is coming from. Because he's reacting like, come on, this is what I do. I'm big. And you're like, no, I know who you are. I see everything. I'm very intelligent. 
the point is it hurts. So what do we do with that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you're absolutely right. I think the most hurtful thing about this is not necessarily. I as- also made big sound like Steve. <laughs> You know Come what? Come on, Gary. Yeah. yeah, you actually. I love you. <laughs> wow, that is really good, Steve. Is, is Steve it? here? I actually think Steve is hot. So <sighs> hi, Steve. No, I, I think you're right, and I think that like it's extremely hurtful and like brazenly shitty to think that you're really connecting. I mean, the whole episode is showing them like kissing on the street and like spending every moment with each other. They and they say they had a four-hour-long conversation. I'm like, that is intimacy. That is the utmost intimate thing. Absolutely. So for him to be like, what's the big deal? It just makes you feel like it really sucks to have somebody make you feel like you're crazy. Like, wait, I'm sorry. Are we not like kind of falling in love? Like, am I doing that by myself? That's a horrible feeling. Right. Because it's like it takes two to tango. Like you were there. You were there sharing the feelings and you were in the bedroom and you were there having all these intimate conversations. So why are how how are our how are our experiences so vastly different? And that's why I'm curious what you think about this. Is Big doing this as an act or do you genuinely think he's clueless and surprised that she's upset? I was laughing when you were talking because I was thinking about how many narcissists and like just self-centered avoidant men I had dated mostly in my 20s who were like this, who would pull these like, wow, what do you mean? You're not my girlfriend where it's like, what? And it just made me laugh. I, I, I don't think Big is playing a game. I think in classic like therapeutic psychoanalysis terms. I think Big is an avoidant and I think he avoids intimacy and I think that he is self-centered and callous. So I think he's just, I think he enjoys hanging out with Carrie in the moment that he's with her and then he enjoys hanging out with Julia in the moment he's with Julia and I don't think he sees the problem and I think that's a very scary person to date. It's also like, it's a, the sort of a classic male like, well, they don't have a biological clock ticking. They don't have timelines like we have. So he can sort of live in this like fantasy playground. Like I'm hitting the town. I'm meeting cool people. I have lots of cool women. Like he's just kind of, he can exist in that reality because every person is kind of bending to his whim. That's yeah. like the sad thing about the dating structure that is men and women dating. Right. And also he's Especially tall. in New York City. Rich, yeah. tall, handsome, rich, handsome. White. Yeah. He's got all his privilege and people want to date him. I mean, I also think that like something that that like I'm triggered by in this scene is this idea that just because you haven't had the talk that people can you like throw that in your face. Like, well, we haven't talked about monogamy yet. It's like if we talk every day and we're having sex and we're like you know, I've definitely it's on the table. Well, it's also like that's I, I just find this idea of like, well, we haven't had the talk yet. So like, that's I, a, yeah, it's, you're, it's horrifying. You're like, OK, fine. So we haven't verbalized it. But obviously but we're doing all the things that people in a relationship right. do. Wake the fuck up and be an yeah. adult. Big is such a child. He is a child. He I, acts like a little boy trapped I, in a hot noth body. <laughs> trapped in a noth. Trapped in a noth. I mean, again, I've said it a million times. I just feel like this is why we all watch the show because we've all been caring. We've all dated a big. And it's like, there's a reason you date a big. He's charming. He's handsome. He knows all the things. He takes you to the right places, blah, blah, blah. But he's not a good guy. Yeah. And I feel like... Also, he was... Sorry. Oh, no, please. Go ahead. It's very condescending for him to be like, we're not doing this here. It's like, oh, fuck oh, off. Oh, I love... And she walks away. 
He says we're not doing this here. And and he I, I just feel like don't make her feel like she's crazy. You're the one who walks into a party and all these women are kissing you on the mouth. I mean, fuck you. It's also a party where like clearly you're not that great of friends with anybody here. It's very like sceney and superficial. It's like, oh, well, we can't have like a, a conversation that like scratches past the surface around like all these bullshit people. Like, give me a break. Also, when you introduce me. And someone says, oh, Julia, obviously I'm going to make a scene. That's horrifying. Horrifying. And she's seen you on a date. Like, come like, I understand, Big, you live in like a wonderful fantasy bubble where like every woman like kowtows to your every desire. Yeah. But also, you know how women are and you know that they're sensitive and that they, you know, have have, uh, you know, attachment and, you know, sex is very attaching for women, you know, yes. men as well, but especially women. Stop acting like you don't have a loaded relationship here just because you guys haven't discussed it. I agree with you. My palms are sweaty. My heart is racing fast. I'm, I have such anger towards Big. He, like, represents every asshole I've ever dated. And, like, yet I'm really glad he's on the show because he creates real, a lot of reactions. And he's so real. and dismissed by Big, Carrie decides to go to that New York magazine party to flirt with the ridiculous puka shell necklace wearing Jared. Back at Casa de Miranda, Skipper tells Miranda post-fuck that he broke up with his girlfriend. Miranda feels suffocated and tells him he shouldn't have done that because she doesn't want anything serious. Skipper gets super offended that Miranda only wants him for his youthful body and curly bangs. We're back at Michael Conway's house where, per usual, Charlotte and him make out in front of the dog. So fucking weird. When Michael tries the old blowjob head press trick again, Charlotte loses it. What's the problem? I hate doing it. You hate giving blowjobs? It's not that big of a deal, is it? Well, sort of. Can't you just do it for me? Would you really want me to do something that I didn't want to do? You'll get used to it. No, I won't. I never have. Sorry. Well, I plan on getting a lot of blowjobs in the future. And I'm hoping that you're around when I get them. What's that supposed to mean? It means I'll have to find them somewhere else. You're telling me that you would give up a woman who really cares for you, who would share your hopes and your fears and your dreams, the future possible mother of your children, all for a blowjob? You're right. Will you at least lick my balls? Goodbye, Michael. <laughs> oh my God. Funny button. It's, yeah. What do you think, Jamie? Well, I I will say one thing we haven't covered is that, you know, her not wanting to do it. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, this guy, Michael, and probably many men in Charlotte's lives, Charlotte, I can't talk. I'm hungover. Charlotte's life uh, have done the head pushing, which makes you not want to do it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I know where your dick is. You do not need to guide me there. I If I need it, I know where to find it. And there's no need to expedite that. Yeah. If a woman isn't giving you a hand job or a blowjob, it's not because she doesn't know where to find it. She's not it. like, oh, where? Oh, oh, you mean your dick? Oh, your dick? 
You mean your dick? You want to attach your body? Oh, yeah. No, like no, no, halfway, no, no, no. halfway down your body? Like where would roughly? you say, like, on Google Maps, like, where would the pin drop? Below the belly or above? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So I'll just take the 10 and get off at uh, Santa Monica and I'll see you down there. <laughs> It's so dumb. Um, so I think that a lot of her reaction to not wanting to give blowjobs is she might not even be aware of it. And probably a lot of women feel this way where she's like she's having an adverse reaction to the pressure to give a blowjob versus the act of giving a blowjob. Interesting. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I do think that you that you're absolutely right. Uh, if if any men listen to this, you never have to move someone's hand or head. Actually, this year or last year, I made out with some guy who <gasps> kind of tried to like move my hand. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm 35. Like, if I want to do something, I'll do it. Yeah. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, ugh, this is such a problematic, complicated thing. Because in some ways, Charlotte is right. If I don't want to do something, why would you want me to do something that you don't want to do? For example, I don't enjoy oral sex if I know that the guy doesn't like giving it. Mm. It's Part of the enjoyment has to be that the other person Have you had that? Have you had a guy who was like, I don't like doing that? Not that I can recall. Okay. I'm just thinking of an example. I feel example like that of, would be a deal breaker for me, which is interesting because that's kind of making me think that. I think it's crazy to be an adult and say, I will never give a blowjob. And that's off the table with sex, especially because she obviously also isn't going to have anal sex. So it's like, she's like only going to have penetrative heterosexual intercourse. That's so limiting. Yeah. And also, yeah. Well, what you just said made me think like, yeah, if I, if I met a guy who was like, I just don't go down on women, I would, I would probably walk out the door. Not because fair. I need like so desperately to like <laughs> be eaten out. You it's do. Not, You've I mean, told me. I'm just desperately, I'm just joking. <laughs> desperately seeking head. Um, but I, I, I definitely. It's more of a signal. It's what it represents. It's the limited thinking that I'm not into. It's the, the unwillingness to connect. I'm laughing at Jamie because it's like it's the unwillingness to connect and the thinking, but it's also the head. And Jamie. It's also like that. Also get in there. <laughs> get on in there. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, I just kind of feel like, listen. If you've had sexual trauma, don't do things you don't want to do. If somebody's asking you to do something that doesn't feel safe, fine. But again, I'm going to say this again because I just watched this Dan Savage 40-minute talk that was so fucking good. And he talks about, like, what it means to be a good lover. And he said something really interesting that's very controversial. Let's hear it. He said something like, people say never do, like, it, never do things in bed that you don't want to do. Like, never do that. And he's like, that's not true, actually. He's like, if something is traumatic for you then don't do it. But if it's something that you kind of don't love to do, but you could take it or leave it and your partner loves it, do it for them. That's what helps you have a good relationship. It's like, just because you're like, oh, I'm not a giant fan of blowjobs, but if your partner loves it, then you do it. Just like if you wanted your partner to give you a massage and they don't love giving massages, you do things for your partners. Yeah. This idea of like, I don't love doing it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, some of that is like trust building and so just being unselfish. Yeah. And it's also, it also makes your relationship a really like open communicative safe space where it's like you can share those things yeah. and we can indulge in some of those things yeah. and yeah it's funny because when I was watching this I was like oh this guy is the worst but now that I'm kind of unpacking it with you I'm like oh, actually what she's saying is a little unreasonable it's, it's a little unreasonable it's also kind of like body shaming I mean his reaction is obviously like hilarious and over the top yeah but the situation itself like the meat of the situation is 
yeah, you guys have to like kind of be receptive to what the other one is into. As long as, again, it's not triggering. That's what for I'm you. saying. It's not yeah. like she has like some that we know of some trauma. She just doesn't love doing it. it. Right. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't stay with somebody who's like, I will never, ever have oral sex with you. It's like, it's just so limiting. Yeah, it's also like, is that a conversation you guys have to have like right now? Like, I don't know. Or I would definitely want to sort of, if I if this conversation were real, I would definitely hope that the guy would be like, well, let's unpack that a little bit because it seems like something uh, pretty deeper. Yeah, yeah, it seems like something deeper. Like, did something happen to you? Right. You know, let's take it slow. Right. I'll be gentle. Right, like, totally. Yeah. There's ways to kind of like explain. But also he's the head pusher, so he can That's, fucking die in fuck a ditch. They're, they're both at fault here. He, you should never do that. But I agree with you. Also, he could say like, is this something that maybe over time we could do? Mm-hmm. But if she's just like, no, never, this is the end, then fuck it. Yeah. Also, something really important um, that we need to say is in both of their makeouts, the dog is right there watching. This is maybe the most important thing of the episode is the dog's intensity with which you guys, he watches their kissing and sexing. Director and writer of this episode, brava. It's, what, Skylar, you have something to say? I just dog's like, always, oh, sorry, the dog's also always in the corner of the frame. The the cinematography of just a dog Bellissimo. Head. Yeah, it's genius. I just, sorry, I just love the dog so much because it's it's so clear that like right out of frame is like some PA with a little piece of meat, just like <laughs> just locking that dog's attention. Cause like, it's not looking at Charlotte and, and Michael. It is looking right past them to some oh my God, 20 year old on set. That is so Which funny. Which I love. It's just like stock still. It actually doesn't have that much interest in the two of them. I love it. It's so funny. Well, this is important. Uh, Jamie and I both have dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you let your dog watch you make out? I've I'm, had it happen where he's in the room and I'm just like, I don't like it. It does. <laughs> it feels like I'm, yeah, it feels like I'm tainting his poor, supple little puppy mind, even though he's four years old and he's an adult and he can handle it. But still. Um, part of me wonders if Michael should just train his dog to give him head. Yeah, I mean that's where this is. That's the uns. That's the unwritten sort of B side. I just uh, feel of like this of this episode. Don't we the, think it's the like the dog is? Cl- he's clearly as soon as she left. There's even. someone chomping at the bit to do this. No, he put peanut butter on his penis the second Charlotte walked out the door. Maybe Charlotte just had a spidey sense where she's like, I don't want to be somewhere that has that your dog's already been. It is funny that they never address the dog, which is maybe honestly Hilarious. the writers probably were thinking these things. They probably knew what they were doing with like her being like, I'm not going to blow you. Bye. And then the dog's just sitting there with his tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, rur, rur, rur. yeah, I love the dog. I think it's so funny. Also as a new dog owner myself. Oh, did you notice that I haven't brought that up until this deep in the episode? I'm getting better. But I just have to say that like, uh, I've had a make out with Chachi in the other room and even him being in the other room. I was like, am I a terrible mother? Because <laughs> child service is coming. Uh-huh. I was so worried. No, when I'm naked in front of Dennis, I'm like, I'm like, is this... <laughs> is he going to talk about this to a therapist? Am I a pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we cover that. Oh, this is great. Okay. Well, so after Charlotte and Michael break up, we cut back to Samantha and her sexy British realtor who are making out in a gorgeous apartment when Pamela, Samantha's other real estate agent, walks in on them. Pamela's horrified that Samantha is cheating on her with another agent, and Samantha is pissed that Pamela is showing the place to someone else. Basically, they both cheated on each other. Back at the New York Magazine party, Carrie is being aggressively flirted with by Jared and his spiky hair, but her heart's not in it. Drunk and desperate, she calls Big and tells him that she met someone else. Big doesn't buy it and tells her to come over to 
his house. She insists that he pick her up at the party. The last scene is Carrie and Big holding each other at 3 a.m. on the streets of New York with Carrie saying in voiceover, in a city of infinite options, sometimes there's no better feeling than knowing you only have one. It's supposed to be romantic, but again, for the millionth time, fuck Big. Yeah, I, I... I really this this episode ended so abruptly because she says something to him that was, you know, she she asks him in her own Carrie way in a sort of poetic, still roundabout way. I wish she was a little more direct with it. But she was like, I'm standing here. I want to be with you. Will you stand with me? So she's basically saying, like, or will you stand still with me? I think was the direct quote. Yep. And he just kind of grabs her, puts his arm around her. And then she kind of smiles wistfully, like looking up at the trees. And I'm like, that's not an answer. This is inconclusive. And it bothered me because I felt like she finally said, are you going to be in a relationship with me? And he still couldn't answer. And then she seemed seemed satisfied with that, which just bothered me. I mean, yeah, totally. I completely agree. I mean, that's kind of why I think Carrie's such a good everywoman. Because she's not black and white. She's not totally empowered, and she's not totally disempowered. Like, she does things that are... That's genius. That's so true. Yeah, she does things that are pretty bold. Like, she calls Big from this party, and she's like, I'm with someone else. I mean, it's so what we do when we're insecure, and we're drunk, and we're just like, I'm with someone else, and I don't even care about you. I mean, it's just like, I totally have been there. I've totally done that. And then he's like, oh my God, I'm coming over now. And then she sees him, and it's like, I I just totally relate to, like, wanting to stand up for yourself, but then, like, not... She kind of half Halfway did, just like you said. Yeah, and it's funny because Big kind of pulled a Miranda in this episode in a way because the second, like, Miranda obviously was, like, into Skipper when she sees Skipper with another woman. And then it's like, Big did drive over there the second she was like, I'm with another guy. Like, it actually is kind of our first inkling of Big, like, giving a shit uh, because even though he's still like standoffish and biggish, yeah. he still did. His actions were, "I'm going to get Carrie. She's with another dude. I got to get there." Yes, I completely agree. And I, I just had a thought that I think is important because we are obviously always team Carrie and we're always not team Big. But I do have something to say. This is almost more to myself than anything because, like, I'm really trying to practice like better honest communication and romantic relationships. Yeah. It's really hard for me. But as so much as hard, so hard it, for everybody, it's really really hard and. One thing I could say that Carrie could work on, I know she's a fake character and I'm taking it very seriously, but like... Well, that's what we do here. Yes, and I'm invested, but I have to say, as much as Big has all his problems, when he said, what do you want from me, she didn't answer. And even now she doesn't answer. So even though we're on her side, and even though we think it's obvious, maybe we're not really allowed to get mad at Big until she says, I want a monogamous exclusive relationship with you because that's what she wants and she won't say it so and I think also she she might be a little afraid of it because as much as she's like he's the one he's the one I'm obsessed you know in later seasons with Aiden she has that and she's kind of like gross like I think that she wants to be more of the monogamous type than she actually is which is something that I think keeps her character really dynamic well that's interesting I I could be completely projecting onto her but I kind of feel like She seems a little insecure in this episode because I think she knows, again, this is complete projection. Let's hear it. I think she knows she wants to be monogamous, but she needs to, like, ask every single person's opinion. Stanford, random people on the street. Is monogamy dead? Like, she needs people to validate that it's okay for her to want to be monogamous. Whereas she just doesn't have the confidence to be like, I don't care what people are doing in New York. I don't care what the cool thing is. I don't care that other people date five people at, at the same time. And that's what the magazines tell you. I like him. It's not cool. It's not hip. But I just like him. 
And I, I think she's too insecure to like admit that because it's not like the cool answer. Yeah, there is kind of this swing in 60s vibe the way they describe New York City. I mean, it's the fact that we're talking, like the whole episode is about like, are people still monogamous? It's like, yeah, of course. But like, I guess, again, in this playground of New York City, it's like, oh, what a what a novel idea that you could like settle down. Why would you do that when you can like have Cosmos and go out every night? It's like, it's just a little, it's a little like hyperbolic to me. Totally. Actually, yeah. that brings us perfectly ooh, into the ooh. question of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that men have an innate aversion to monogamy? Or is it more than that? I wondered. In a city like New York, with its infinite possibilities, has monogamy become too much to expect? Mm-hmm. I think, I've heard stories, like I have a friend who's married, and she started dating her boyfriend, but they both like, dated other people for like months before they became exclusive. And she said to me that that's why she thinks that they actually were able to get married because there was just so low pressure. And like, finally they dwindled down the other options. I, that's very foreign to me, but I have heard of people who juggle multiple people for a while. Sure. I mean, I think that, I do think that Carrie, Carrie does have, I think she grapples with Sort of like, you know, realizing she's getting older, you know, she has friends who want marriage. She also have friend, she has friends who, you know, sort of like Samantha is just you, not the marrying kind. Um, and I think she's kind of caught in the middle of those two things. And I think, though, there is a big piece of Carrie that is, we need to recognize it. She is superficial in a lot of ways. Yeah. And she is status driven. <laughs> and I think that monogamy almost like uh, an ill-fitting blouse from Dolce & Gabbana, oh. might not look so good on her. Like, it kind of isn't her. She has party girl Energy. essence, and she comes from that background, the little we know about her background. It's, yeah, that's it's true. Like, does she have parents? We don't know. Oh, Actually, yeah, so I watched Carrie Diaries. Her mom died. Her dad took care of her. Anyway. Wow. Um, yeah, we should, oh my God, we should totally cover Carrie Diaries when ah. we're done with Sex in the City. Um, but yeah, I think that she does struggle with being at her core, like, who am I seen with? What am I wearing? That's interesting, James. And I think the monogamy is not sexy to her. Interesting. I love you. This is so fun. I know. I love you, too. Um, Rose. Yeah, babe. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. What are you horny for I actually week? wouldn't be surprised if we were horny for the same thing this week. Oh, my God. Wine Country on Netflix. <gasps> oh, I started watching it last night. I knew it. I only, I've only seen the beginning, but I loved it so far. Tell okay. Me. Tell me, tell me. Uh, my friend, Lindsay Galfound. Shout out, Lindsay. We love you. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. She recommended it, and I had a great dinner with her and then came home and cuddled with my dog and watched it, and fuck, I got to look up those two screenwriters. It was so funny, so fun to watch. All these women are in their 40s to 50s. Need They're it. hilarious. Gotta have They're it. funny. And it's like, damn, I just have to say, like, there's not a lot of hilarious movies starring women in their 50s that are just like, these women look like fun to hang out with. I feel like anyone could enjoy it. I feel like a group of teenage guys could enjoy it. It was that funny. And it just made me really proud to be a woman. And it just made me really just absolutely in utter awe of, like, Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph and that whole crew that's just like, Doing and Paula Pell just doing so much for women. So I'm also super, Emily Spivey's in it. And I thought she was mostly a writer. Yeah, she and might have co-written it. Oh, and she's very funny. Great actress, dude. I'm just saying, please watch it. Please support these kinds of movies because it's not just 
female comedy that's important to support, but like older women and like. I really, truly have never seen, it's like a National Lampoon's vacation with a bunch of older women. Like, so fucking funny. No catfighting, no against each other. It's just good. Yeah, like, good jokes. I have to damn. finish it. But also, yeah, I mean, I went and saw, <laughs> I went and saw Book Club. Oh, I can't wait to see that movie. In the theater. Well, it's it is. good? It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. My friend and I were You're kidding cackling, me. LOLing. You're kidding boisterous me. Boisterous ha-has coming from us in the theater in moments when we were not supposed to be oh, laughing. Oh, shit. It is one of the worst movies of all time, and I was so psyched because it's such an all-star cast. It's like Diane yes. Keaton. Who else is in it, Skylar? I feel like you Jonah would know. Jonah Hill's sister. Candace Bergen. Yeah. yeah, Diane Keaton. And... I, it was just said. so bad and it was just, you know a lot of like oh my god my you know I'm so old my Ew. vagina's dry like Ew. that kind of vibe I don't know if that was an actual joke that I just quoted hopefully not but it just it was just like can you like old women want, you know we love Fifty Shades of Grey like just cause we have gray hair doesn't mean we don't love gray shades like Ew. just it's just, it was just gross and just so not top of the intelligence like just low brow stupid anyways my point saying that is um I think what's really cool about like the Amy Poehler camp is uh, they feel timeless. They feel ageless, which I think is like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, it's about like older women. I'm like, no, it's just like women who happen to be 50. Who are fucking hilarious. The funniest. I mean, mega talents. Also thrilled uh, to see Rachel Dratch. She's so good. Missed her. Need her more. I mean, I, I will watch this movie again. This is like, it's like the hangover for me. I, I think that's how people feel Great about that. Great title, too. Wine Country. It's fucking, it's so good. Also, I love I these women. Up. Yeah, me too. I love these women who are like, let's get all of our best friends, go to like the most beautiful place in California, and then like make a really fun movie. <sighs> so, yeah. Oh, it's like dream vacay plus make money and can, make a cool project. Can we do Wine Country 2 with us? Oh, my God. It's everything I've ever wanted. Um, okay. Well, what are you horny for this yeah, week? Yeah, so I am horny for, this is my first time being horny for something in the episode. It, oh! it was that good. Oh, wow. Skylar and I watched the episode together and we're just dying laughing at the way Justin Thoreau's <laughs> character in this episode, as we mentioned, he wears puka shells. He basically is Zoolander. Like, this feels like the inspiration for Zoolander. Maybe it came out around the same time. I don't know. I'd have to check that. But um, he has this one line that we we were rewinding and rewatching maybe six times before we could move on for the rest of the episode. You should write about me sometime. My life is so fucked up right now. <laughs> it just kills me. He's just like, just like, oh, ooh, like that kind of voice. Like it's so not his voice. Like it's clearly an affectation. He also just, he just, he wants a high five so severely after he says it. Like it's like, you should that. write about He's me. Like, my life is so fucked up right now. It rules. Oh my God. I just eat it up. It's just the delivery was so perfect. And he's such he's a snake. So, he's so funny. I didn't realize that Justin Thoreau, Thor oh God, I really can't talk. Justin Thoreau, is that hilarious? He really made me laugh a lot in this episode. His performance was uh, award win. Award, oh, I can't talk. Award warning. Award warning. You guys want, this is award one vodka for her. One and a half. Winning. Uh, also, I love you so much, Jamie, for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is that we're the same person because you had one and a half drinks and you are wrecked today. And I also feel like so cool because I'm hungover. <laughs> I'm like, this is what cool people feel like. It's like a little, it's, a little off, but like in a fucking edgy way. I've never seen an edgier Jamie than oh today. God. Also, I am made of razor blades. I'm that edgy. Girl, you're so edgy. <laughs> 
Also, like, you cannot tell a woman she looks tired, but the second I saw Jamie, I'm like, what happened to you? Like, did someone hit you with their car? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is her one and a half vodka. Well, that's our episode. We love you guys. We love each other. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. For listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.